Okay, IT providers, I know you realize that your market has changed and that it will continue to do so. You've got new business demands, new buyers, new buying centers. There's always something you need to adjust to. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for ThinkCast. So the big question becomes, how do we adjust our go-to-market strategy to meet these new realities? Hank Barnes is the chairperson for the Gartner Tech Growth and Innovation Conference set for June 19th to 21st in Huntington Beach, California. Right now, he's here in studio as he's our go-to guy for go-to-market strategies. Hank, thanks for being here. Great to be here, Scott. I wanted to look at um, go-to-market strategy, and certainly that's a huge element for the audience of the Tech Growth and Innovation Conferences as providers. You want to know the right time, how to get the message out there the right way, and if you don't do it right, what's the point? Because no one's going to be buying. Um, What is the biggest challenge today when it comes to developing and executing a go-to-market strategy? When we talk with providers, they often come to us looking for what's the secret answer, right? There's new things like in account-based marketing that we're going to talk a lot about at the conference. There's been areas like social selling, content marketing, inbound marketing. Every day there seems to be another idea that everyone says it's the answer to all your problems. And the reality is that for providers, that's pointing them where they're continuing to try and invest in stuff and see if it works and invest in stuff. And it has a ripple effect where this topic is actually very relevant to the enterprise buyers as well because it makes it harder for them to buy. So for us, as we look at the data that we have about enterprise buying, we think that the challenge that tech providers have is they spend way too much time focused on their products and tactics and not enough time focused on understanding deeply the needs of their customers. I want to build off that because I wanted to ask you what the biggest mistake you see companies making now, but maybe it's even more appropriately phrased as things are changing. Maybe it's also what are they some still doing that really is not a relevant um, uh, strategy today? Yeah. Well, some of it is we try these things outside the context of our customer. We're say we're going to do content marketing and we start doing that or We start doing social selling and we just churn on these. And again, whenever you talk with providers, the first thing out of their mouth is how great their products are. And I often hear from them, if we get a chance to engage with the customer, we win. Well, that we're a little bit skeptical of because I'll share some details about how often nobody wins in a little bit. But the situation that we're dealing with is this lack of recognition and understanding of the customer is the problem. When we talk to enterprise buyers, they tell us that for major projects, significant amount of spending, they often are involved in five, six, seven different projects throughout the year. And they're working on those concurrently. We as providers think we own their attention. We have the cool product. They're focused on us. And the reality is we have a small slice of their attention as a provider. They're looking at other providers. They're looking at other projects. And that lack of understanding of the buyer's world and their situation puts you at a huge disadvantage and is why you get the surprises of, oh, we're not doing anything. 
So then where do we need to start? Because some of it might be they're not aware they're doing the right thing, and others might be that uh, natural inclination we all have, which is, I know I need to change. I'm not sure how to change. I'm just going to stay with what's been doing seemingly going right for me so far. Yeah, if I had to pick one thing, it's, again, if you're going to sell to the enterprise, whether you go as far as formal account-based marketing technologies, that matters for some, but the core is you have to get a much deeper focus on your account. You have to have a segmentation strategy that helps you identify who are your best customers, who are most likely to be customers. And that isn't just things like what industry or what size. Those are some of the factors. But I also have to look at things like, what's their buying preference? We have things called enterprise personality profiles that we've developed that looks at how enterprises approach technology buying decisions. It looks at what's their approach to technology planning. Do they have very strict planning cycles or are they very flexible? Who controls the IT agenda? Is it driven by IT or is it driven by business or somewhere in between? And what's their motivation toward technology? Do they want stuff that's all stable and proven and standards-based? Or are they more open to new stuff if they think it'll give them competitive advantage? If I have something that's new and cool, and I'm trying to sell it to a stable company with a very fixed schedule, I'm wasting my time. I want to look at some of the factors that I know you've identified um, as challenges and what we need to address is uh, the providers need to address. One of them is the growing size of buying teams. And if I could draw the analogy to the home front, I know I'm old enough to remember when buying home technology meant maybe buying a typewriter. Now, everybody in the family has, you have to get the cell phone for, some might get the tablet, some might need the PC, some might, whatever it is. That's got to be exponentially greater on the enterprise front. So what issues does this raise is we have to hit more touch points for buying centers. Yeah, it's not just how much more stuff they buy. It's also that your son tells you what router you have to get to, right? So you have all these people with opinions that you may not have had before. You know, what we're seeing in enterprise buying is we look at buying, again, as we've talked about in the past, but as effectively to make a purchase, three questions have to be answered. And they don't answer these in sequence. They may occur in different orders and they may revisit them. One question is, should we change? Should we do something different? Second question is, how should we change? So what are my options? And third is, who should I change with? Imagine I got these three questions that are mulling about in people's minds. Well, what we see is that buying teams, when they're going about going after a purchase, tell us that roughly six to eight people are actively involved in answering each of those questions. And another six or seven are occasionally involved. They just come in and maybe offer their opinion out of the blue and then leave. So as a provider, you're dealing with 13 to 15 people that could influence the buying decision. The idea that I'm just going to sell high or I'm just going to sell to the business buyer isn't really the reality anymore. I have people that make decisions, and it's often more than one. I have multiple people that influence that I have to manage, and I need to manage that team. Related to it, which is really interesting, is that buying is confusing, and buyers often change. You may have an executive leading the charge to say we're going to have to do something different, but often they designate someone else to say, you lead the evaluation of how we're going to make this change. And so, again, the idea of selling high 
may work in the beginning and may work in the end. But if you're trying to sell high and they're in the middle of that evaluation phase, you're likely to get pushed down very quickly or alienate the people at those lower ranks. So now think about what providers are really dealing with and what buyers of technology. I got multiple projects going on. Each of those projects probably has 10, 12, 15 people involved in different phases of buying. I got different leaders for each of the different phases. And I'm trying to sort through all this in a world where often the technology is confusing and the provider's messages all sound the same. It's a pretty tough challenge and it creates a lot of risk for both that person buying the technology or that enterprise and for the people selling it. Our guest is Gartner analyst Hank Barnes, who will be speaking at the second annual Gartner Tech Growth and Innovation Conference. Uh, Hank, I wanted to build off one of the uh, points you alluded to in your uh, previous answer there, and that was leadership. And specifically, I know you've identified leadership turnover as a concern. Could you explain what you mean by that and what that impact is? Yeah, let's be careful about leadership turnover because we're not necessarily meaning organizational changes because organizational changes don't happen to the level of what I'm going to talk about in terms of leadership change. But it may be an organizational turnover, may be a buying trigger that alerts you that someone's ready to do something new and different. When we talk about leadership turnover, what we really mean is that in that buying process, they shift who leads the area. So I may have one group making the decision to move forward, but then another will do the evaluation, and then another will decide on vendors. When we surveyed, about 33% of the people we surveyed had different people responsible for each of those question areas in buying that I talked about, evaluating, engaging, exploring. We had another 28% or so that had two different groups involved. So again, the key idea is, I can't say I'm going to sell to the decision maker because there isn't one. There's multiple, and we need to uncover as providers who they are, how they relate to each other, and find ways to build consensus. Hank, this is a stat. You alluded to it earlier in the interview, but this one's from your research, and it really jumped out at me. It's actually a scary one, I think, for everyone in the audience when they hear this, which is 94% of buyers— 94, everybody but 6%, folks, have canceled a buying effort without a purchase in the last two years. Why is that? So that stat jumped out at me too. And again, let's put the qualification around it. This was people we were asking by people who had participated in decisions that did happen, that were involved in these multiple projects. And what they tell us is that they put together the effort to put together a buying team. They may not have had formal budget approval. Sometimes we start pursuing buying without that. But they made a serious decision that we want to change. And 94% of them decided to do nothing. Now we asked, what are the reasons for that? And there's a variety of reasons. The top two were they didn't find any solution they were real happy with. They also said that they didn't have the budget. It ended up being too big for their budget. But there were some other reasons that were interesting. Some of them told us that they didn't believe that their company could handle the risk or achieve the results that the other customers of a particular provider had. So they believed that the solution could deliver the value and the results that the provider claimed, but they weren't sure how they as an organization could achieve that. And then some others said that they weren't able to make a decision because they couldn't agree. 
IT didn't agree with business or business didn't agree with IT or two business units were fighting or they couldn't convince upper management. So there's a lot of reasons in there. And I think part of it is, again, buying is hard. And we also have providers pushing for opportunities. And we start making this mismatch of hoping that we're going to be able to do something, but not completing the process. And this isn't just a bad thing for providers. Right? Think about it. If I have seven people actively involved in buying and another seven or eight casually involved, and I decide to do nothing, unless I learn something that impacts a future decision, that's a huge waste for the enterprises that are considering these decisions. A lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted energy. And again, this isn't them not picking one provider and not another. This is them saying we've gone through this at various stages and say, we're just going to keep doing this the way we're doing it before. And then for the provider that's investing their resources in the sales and marketing efforts and going to the meetings and building demos and engaging with the customer, it's getting them nowhere as well, again, unless the buyers learn. We need to get together to really recognize what the situation is and then prioritize the level of investment on both sides so we can avoid some of this waste. So where then do providers start to change this dynamic? Because I'm sure some of the listeners were hearing that answer and saying, okay, wait, if the IT and the business can't get along over on the client side, how am I supposed to bridge their gap for them? Or if I've given them my best reference, if I've given them my best case study and that still didn't move the lever because they just were not willing to go, what am I supposed to do? Well, we think there's three things that really drive it. And these aren't easy answers. Let's not say that there's a magical panacea. We've already talked about one of them, which is really emphasize understanding the buyer and the situation, getting a deep, deep understanding of your ideal customer, what drives people to buy, how they buy, what are their rules, how do we relate to them, where do they go looking for information. That's the first one. That may be the hardest one, but there's more and more tools and more and more ability to do that. So any lack of doing that is almost an excuse, in my opinion. It develops over time. The second thing we need to do is develop trust. I've talked with you about trust a lot in the past, but we need to look at things in the context of how can we help buyers trust what we're promising by leveraging other customers, by leveraging influencers, by not making claims that we can't prove, by providing roadmaps of this is the first 90 days, what you need to do to be successful based on our other customers taking some of the stuff we usually tell people after a sale and tell them about it before the sale. And then the third thing they have to do is focus on, even though we're in this world of overwhelming information and short attention spans, buyers tell us they want deep information. And when we talk about deep information, think about it as information that allows those teams to get together and make decisions. So we foster collaboration, give tools that the business folks can take to IT to gain IT support, that IT can take to business and bring them all together. If you know, in the past, maybe for early SaaS solutions, many times business was buying it on their own, but now they're worried about issues like how do I scale it across the organization and security and IT's got to be involved. Why not come to IT early with this is our security audit, this is our security profile. Bring them in early, understand if it's going to be a problem before you invest too much. So. Understand the customer, 
develop trust, provide deep information that supports collaborative buying. Those are the three things. None of them are easy, but we got to do all of them. And if we do, this will improve not only for the providers, but also for their customers. And I promised you information on where you can go for more information on the Gartner Tech Growth and Innovation Conference set for June 19th to 21st in Huntington Beach, California. You'll find that information at gartner.com slash events slash na slash tech hyphen growth. And make sure to check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars, as well as more of our ThinkCast conversations at gartner.com slash podcasts. Or make it even easier to keep up with ThinkCast by subscribing at iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. And when you do, make sure to rate us. For ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.